Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. We're on the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we come to a section of the Sermon on the Mount, which uh, this isn't original to me. I've nicked this idea. But I'm going to call it the Sermon on the Mouth. Because we're about to hit the bit about the mouth. Uh, last time, we were looking at anger. And then last week, looking at uh, uh, sex and adultery and all those kind of things. Today, lies. Jesus teaching about the uh, bringing the people back to the true meaning of the Ten Commandments. And here we come to the little piece where he brings people back to the true meaning of what it meant when people were to be truthful. And, and of course, going back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, you shall not give false testimony. So let's read this. Verse 33. Are you all with me? Matthew 5, 33. All those with me say aye. Okay. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all. That means do not take an oath at all. Either by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by the earth, for it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one, even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no no, anything beyond this comes from the evil one. What's he saying here? He's saying that people have become so used to the idea of not telling the truth that we've invented ways to express that what I'm about to say is really truthful. You ever heard a Christian say, well, you know, to be honest... And you want to say, well, what have you been then? The last 20 minutes we've been chatting here. Or, well, to tell you the truth, well, what else are you telling me then? You've been lying for the, for the last six years of our relationship, but now you're going to tell me the truth. You know? Or they say, oh, it took, it took 20 minutes to get there, literally. Literally. Well, well, what you mean, if you hadn't said that, you really meant it took 10, you know. And, uh, and I, I love it when people say, I gave, I literally gave 150%. I think, no, you didn't. <laughs> but we've invented ways to sort of stress, now this bit is true. And because you have this today, I want to swear, I swear to you, you know, that what I'm saying is true. Or on my mum's life, or I, you know, on, you know, across my heart and hope to die, or all the other things I used to say at school, you know, which meant that the next thing I'm going to say is going to be absolutely 100% reliable. And Jesus says this, he says, now don't use these sorts of things. Don't take oaths 
don't have that in like the culture uh, of the way you live, if you say yes, you mean yes, and if you say no, you mean no. The Sermon on the Mouth. There are lots of lies that are told around the place. And uh, we want to just think about lies. Number one, God hates lies. He hates lies. In the book of Hebrews chapter 6, it says this about God. It says that it is impossible for God to lie. Now, if only that were true about me or you. Wouldn't it be great? Well, not, I don't know if it would be great, but, but in theory, it would be great if we just could flick a switch and just tell the truth. In fact, that is such a novel idea. I think people have made comedy movies about that, where people just always have to tell the truth. Gets them into a lot of trouble, it seems. It says in the book of Hebrews, it is impossible for God to lie. He's the truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the what? The truth and the life. And three times in the Gospel of John, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of what? Truth. Who is supposed to lead us into all truth. Our society, and sometimes even in the church, I'm thinking about next, I think it's the week after next, I've got my next trip to the dentist. I'm looking forward to that. You see, now there was a lie there. But they might tell me I've got tooth decay. Well, we certainly in our society have truth decay. Where people just exaggerate things or don't tell the truth or lie to make, seemingly make their life a little bit better. But God really, really hates lies. Why don't you turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 6. Let's just read a little bit of the Old Testament. Proverbs chapter 6. And verse 16, where it is explicitly stated that God hates uh, lies. He hates them. He hates it when people tell lies. Proverbs 6 and uh, verse 16 says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. And what we find is that lying is two of them. I mean, he, he gets two votes for lies here. He says, um, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, there's one, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil. And then look at verse 19, a false witness who pours out lies. You know, if you and I were judging God, we'd say, God, excuse me, but you, you already said lies. You're saying it again. <laughs> but, but twice we find out that God does not like lies. Ananias and Sapphira found that out in the Bible in Acts chapter 5 when they lied about the offering they gave to the apostles and they both were struck down dead. Well, that should be, that should be enough for us to think that God is not a big fan of lies. I wonder if you can think in your Bible knowledge about what one of the names of the devil is. He's called the father of the father of lies. The father of lies. So if God be our father, then we're going to have the characteristics of him. The spirit of truth. If the devil be our father, then we're going to have the characteristics 
the characteristics of him, the father of lies. So we've got to be a people who tell the truth. Why don't people tell the truth? I want to suggest to you three reasons just right here why people do not tell the truth. Fear of consequences. You know, you're suddenly uh, walking, you're, you're late for work. Well, where have you been? Um, uh, you know, and you, can't, you just can't think. I remember one time telling a lie to my boss when I worked in a school many, many, many years ago. So please don't bring this up with me later. Um, but I remember I was, I'd overslept. And I thought to myself, I'm late. And it was like my third day working at this school. I'm in trouble here. This is trouble. They don't even like me yet. So I thought, what can I say? And by the way, you understand, this is not advice from me to you. This is vice, not advice. But I thought, what can I say? So I phoned him up and I thought, I thought this will be a good one. I said, I'm sorry I'm late. We've had a fire in the house. Do you know why I said that? Because I thought he'd think to himself, he would never make that up. Well, I did. There was a fire in the house. My mum used to smoke a little bit, but that's about it. Fear of consequences. Pride is another reason why people lie. You know, seeming to make themselves bigger than they are. How big was the fish you caught? Oh, you know. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a, 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 a you know. I remember one time, um, uh, a friend of mine, Big Steve, who's my old friend, and I mentioned him at least 80 times a year in this church. Uh, but here's his first mention in the Baptist church. But Big Steve and I, he was a good friend of mine. He was a taxi driver. Three cheers for taxi drivers. Hip, hip. Yeah, we need him. I, we, we, we could have done with one earlier in the rain. But he's a taxi driver. Now, I just want to say, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a taxi. It's a good job, isn't it? A taxi driver. But I remember one time, uh, he was single, and someone wanted to match him up with a lady. So she said, I want you to meet my friend Steve. He runs his own fleet of taxis. <laughs> now, if by runs his own fleet, you mean he has a taxi... And it was true. So we walked in. Steve didn't make this up. The woman who wanted a matchmaking made this up. So we walked in and there she was, his blind date. And he used to take me along with him, which is another story. But um, we went along and there she is. Oh, hello, Steve. Yes, hello. My name's whatever. And then halfway through dinner. Oh, so Steve, I hear you run your own fleet of taxis. And my head spins round, thinking, I'm sure he doesn't. In his mind, perhaps. So Steve just said, well, yes, I, I drive a taxi, yes. Didn't last much longer after that. And selfish gain. We tell lies to, to, for selfish gain. Sitting in that interview, you know. So how many, uh, how many GCSEs have you got? Oh yeah. Have you got, uh, have you got maths? Of course I've got maths. 
your maths is so poor, you told the guy you had eight GCSEs and you've only got three. That's how good your maths is. So we lie to sort of, you know, make ourselves seem better. It's really funny because all three of those things, it seems to me anyway, was the motive for the first set of lies told by human beings in the whole of history. When God walked in the garden and there was Adam and Eve, what's going on here? And suddenly, well, she did this and, that, and it's all to do, and the, and the serpent did this. And uh, it's really interesting the lie they told there. You know, oh, the woman you gave me, she made me eat this, you know. It's really interesting because I think this is characteristic of lies. The first lie that was ever told was not really a lie. In as much as they sort of told the truth, but from a certain perspective. Listen really, really carefully to this. Because I think this is a good truth. It's actually possible to tell the truth and still lie. Because you can just take a little bit of the emphasis and swerve it in your direction. How many of you know what I mean by that? And what you say is not exactly lies. But it's not exactly the truth either. In other words, you can deceive someone without being factually inaccurate. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Come on, raise your hand if it's true. You can deceive someone without being factually inaccurate. And so what Jesus is doing, you see, he's bringing it right back to the heart. Come on, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let's, let's tell the truth about this. The Bible says that lying sears the conscience. In 1 Timothy 4 verse 2, it says hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. There are people who have lied so much in their lives, you get to the point where you think, do they actually know truth from falsehood at all? They build up their own version of reality. They're living in their own universe of their own points of view that are sort of true, but in fact, although there's no factual inaccuracies sometimes, what they're actually saying isn't true. Proverbs 19 verse 22 says this, it's better to be in poverty than a liar. Better to be poor than to be a liar. You have a think about that next time you go for that job. And you feel like putting a little bit more into your CV. Better to be in poverty than a liar, says the Lord. Says the Lord. So we've got to be careful about these things. In Revelation 21 verse 8. It speaks about those destined for hell and damnation. And it says, outside of the city are all these people, and among them it says, and all liars. So it's a bit scary, isn't it? Come on now. It's a bit scary. Why shouldn't we lie? Well, for all the reasons we've already discussed, to be pure, to be holy, to be right before God, but here's one more reason why we shouldn't lie. Because lies destroy other people. They destroy you. But 
temporarily, a lie might seem to save you. A lie might seem to make your life a bit better. Oh, I have a fleet of taxis. Oh, good. Please, come in. But ultimately, lies have the power to destroy other people. Going back to the original, in the book of Exodus, you shall not bear false testimony against your neighbor. So let's go right back to the original. That's not a lie about, oh yes, you know, the the fish I caught was this big. That's a lie that lies about someone else. All right, everyone happy with that? You shall not bear false testimony against your neighbor. So in the Ten Commandments, there is a, of course, we should not ever lie. We are not of the father of lies. We are of the spirit of truth. But in the Ten Commandments, there is a special emphasis that says, shame on you if you are a liar, but double shame on you if you lie about someone else. And sometimes we're capable, are we not, of, forgive the phrase, but willy-nilly, just talking about people very, very loosely, throwing out all sorts of half-cooked facts that we haven't checked out. Come on. Come on, preach with me. Facts that we haven't checked out, things that we don't really know, and we throw them out like we're the editor of the sun or the mirror. And then we think about people like newspaper editors and think, isn't it shameful that they don't tell the truth? Whereas in fact, we might have told three lies that very morning just by casually chatting. So let's just take a moment just to think about this. Just go with me to the book of James chapter 3. Come on. James chapter 3, very well-known passage of the Bible. Taming the tongue. Now, of course, taming the tongue is not just about lies. It's about being clean with our mouth. It's about being optimistic. It's about being positive. It's about saying things that build others up. Because the comparison James makes in this passage is about praising and cursing. But let's read it now with that emphasis of speaking the truth. James chapter 3. He says this, verse 2, We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man able to keep his whole body in check. It's like the litmus test of how you're doing. It's right here in your mouth. What kind of bloke are you? Or what kind of girl are you? Here's the test. What's coming out of your mouth? That's the test. Now, it's not the only test. But James says this, if you can be in charge of what's coming out of your mouth, you have arrived at a certain point in your maturity as a follower of Jesus Christ. He goes on. Whenever we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, verse 3, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example 
Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. Sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers. This should not be. Let me pick up verse 9 again. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. I want to encourage you. Be really careful about what you say. Because there are many things that we sit and say and chat and say and we can make all kinds of claims that we really have no foundation at all to even know that they're even half true. We pick up a bit of story here, a bit of, just a little bit of gossip there. And we create something, and we, then we pass it on to other people. When I used to work in the caves, there was a bit inside the prehistoric caves I used to work in years ago in Torquay, where there was a, a big hole in the, in the cave roof. And out of that uh, hole, supposedly, came the tooth of a saber-toothed tiger. <whistles> Except, it didn't. It was a bit of bear jaw. But back in the 1950s, one of the tour guides looked at it and said, you know what, that looks like a saber-toothed uh, indentation. So they began telling people in the caves, or the public, Saber-toothed tiger, everybody, came out of here. A tooth, no less. And they all took pictures, or what would it be, in the 1950s, they all made sketches, and went out, and they told their kids. And then their kids came back in the 70s. And they said, we've come to see the hall where the saber-tooth came out. So they came, and they took pictures, and their kids grew up, and they came back in the 1990s. We've come to the caves where the saber-toothed tiger lived. Now, just to help you out, saber-toothed tigers only lived in California. <laughs> so unless one of them swam across to England, or perhaps took out his tooth and sent it via the Royal Mail, that was a bear's jaw. The lie went on and on and on. And I was in the new generation of guides who were telling the truth. 
And I would do my tours. I would do six tours of this cave every day. And right at the end of it, I would stand at the door. Hopefully, they'd give me a tip, you know. That, yeah, I was doing it subtly. But I'd stand at the door, and they'd come and ask me questions. And do you know what? Almost every day, someone would say to me, really, well, perhaps not every day, but at least once a week, sometimes many times a week, someone would come up to me and say, I really enjoyed that trip around the cave. But one thing you didn't show us. Oh, where was the saber-toothed tiger? And the lie had just been told and told and told again. Well, that's a silly thing. But what about if you told a story about someone else that went round the place that wasn't true? Sometimes, listen, listen, listen. You don't have to be the originator of a lie. You just have to be one of the postmen of the lie. And you are, uh, are in the sin as much as the originator. There's an old preacher's story of a, a guy who came, I think he came to see his Roman Catholic priest probably. And he sat with his priest and he said, I want to confess that I have spent many years telling lies about people in this, in this community. And the Catholic priest said to him, okay, this is what I want you to do. I've got two jobs for you. Number one, I want you to do this. Take a feather. I want you to go to all the houses of all the people that you've told lies about. And I want you to put a feather on their doormat, you know, or whatever it was, right by their front door. Take a feather and put it on their doormat. And then go to the next house of the person that you told lies about. And I want you to take a feather from your bag and I want you to leave it by their door. And then go to another house of the person you lied and leave a feather by their front door. So the guy did it. He thought this is a bit strange. But I'll do it. And he came back to him the next day. He said, Father, I've done it. I've taken a feather and I put it by all those doors. He said, you wanted me to do two things. What's the other thing you want me to do? He said, I want you to go and, I want you to go and get them back again. I want you to take the same bag and I want you to go and collect them and bring them back to me. And the young man said, Father, the wind will have blown them. People will have trodden on them and kicked them. Some of those feathers might be miles away now. I'll never find them. And to which the wise old priest said to him, Exactly. Once you've told a story, you can't take it back. Like a feather blown in the wind, Mark Twain said this, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. 
A lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still pulling on its shoes. Sure can. Especially now we've got blogs and tweets and texts. So we've got to be sure that things that are coming out of our mouth are true. Especially when they are about someone else. I'm going to finish by asking one final question before we're done with this. Is there such a thing as a white lie? You ever heard that? It's not really a lie. It's a white lie. Oh, really? What's a white lie? Well, a white lie is a lie that I'm allowed to tell. A white lie. A white lie means, uh, normally it means a lie that I'm allowed to tell, or it means it's a lie that's not going to do anyone any harm. I know I told this man when I went for this interview that I had a degree in microbiology. But um, it's just a white lie. Well, I think there's probably one place where it might be appropriate for you not to lie, but to be kind. The Bible says this, love is kind. I'm going to walk up to you in a minute and I'm going to say, how do you You know, how do you like my uh, haircut? What do you think of these, uh, what do you think of my new socks from the next sale? What do you think of them? What do you think of, uh, what did you think of my sermon today? And inside you might be thinking, it was, it was awful. It's terrible. Those socks. He should change them. (laughs) But the Bible says this, that love is kind. There are one or two cultures in the world that seem to be very blunt cultures. We speak the truth up here. You know, we, when we see a spade, we call it a spade. Well, perhaps you shouldn't be seeing a spade. But there are certain cultures where people can be very blunt and sometimes it could be, it could be justified by saying, well, I'm just, I just tell the truth. There's a way to tell the truth. Can you say amen? We were watching the X Factor last night and on they come, you rubbish, off! How many know that there's maybe a better way to do it? I just don't think it's right for you right now. And in their mind they're thinking, not ever. Love is kind. Here's a great quote from J. John that maybe sums this up nicely. Being honest means that everything you say is true. Not that everything that's true, you say. Can I say it again? 
It's quite clever, isn't it? Being honest means that everything that is said is the truth, not that everything that's truth is said. It's not really appropriate for me to come up to you this, uh, over coffee in a minute and go, I just want you to know something. I'm saying this in, in love and in truth. I just, I cannot stand your haircut. I, I just, that jumper is appalling. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the way you walk. Now, now we're in conflict with another part of the Bible. That tells us that we should that, that we're to show love and kindness to people, right? So sometimes you find yourself, or maybe you are part of a culture that just sort of, well, we just say it as it is. Well, there's a difference between saying things that are untrue and being kind. Let's look at one more piece of scripture to finish this. Psalm thirty four and verse eleven. Let's be kind to one another. And this is an instruction from King David with which we finish. Alan, I want to, can you just come and help me? Just come and play a little bit for me. We're going to conclude in a moment. Psalm 34, verse 11. This is what the Word of God says to us. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So what does, what does he mean by that? Well, we're going to find out. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, that's me, isn't it? I love life. And I want to see many good days. This is what I have to do. Verse 13. Keep my tongue from evil. Keep my lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Here is the word of the Lord to you both today, to me, today and forevermore. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't say anything about anyone that's not true. And remember that love is always kind. Now, my mum used to tell me all the time, if you can't think of anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Do you know what? If you're going to begin a sentence... With these words, I probably shouldn't say this, but guess what? You probably shouldn't say it. You're right first time. Oh, that we could control our tongue. Oh, that we could speak things that build people up. Oh, that we were careful so that everything we said, people could absolutely bank on it this man is a truthful man. This woman is a truthful. They tell the truth. Someone once said, I forget the exact quote, but it was something like this. The worst thing about being a liar is that most liars don't believe anyone else. 
They assume other people are like them. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.